This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And good evening, Hearts of Oak. Thank you for joining us a few minutes late, uh, but good to have you with us anyway. And it is wonderful to have back, well, first time for news review, but it's been a while since Gemma was on. Gemma O'Doherty. Gemma, thank you so much for jumping on today. Great to be with you, Peter. Thanks very much for inviting me onto your great channel. Not at all. Going from strength to strength. It's great to have you with us. It's only it, uh, and you were with us ages ago. It was quite a while ago, wasn't it, Gemma? So, it thank was, you for yeah. coming. Yeah. Um, it was nothing personal not having you on again. So it's always good to have you back. Yeah. We'll have to be on more often. We have got a lot to cover, but first of all, you can obviously find Gemma on Getter at Gemma Doherty. Uh, the other links will be. Underneath, you can go to her website, gemmodoherty.com. So fairly simple, uh, fairly self-explanatory, but go and follow her and also her lives. When do you do your lives on Get Her, Gemma? I generally go live on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but increasingly, Peter, I find that I'm nearly doing one every night, five <laughs> nights a week, because, you know, it's very, very sad, really. I but I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going through the sudden deaths, you know, and I like when I see them and all of these young faces staring out, I feel, you know, in order to keep up with it, it's fair. It must be very morbid viewing for my audience, really. But I have a bit of a fetish about it now and I just want to keep on top of it. So um, but I am. Yeah, because so much is happening every day now at this stage. That I agree. I, I, you know, I don't mind. It's it's great. I mean, Getter is fantastic to have the chat again. I lost all that when I was taken off YouTube, Facebook mm. and Twitter, where I had very large accounts. So it's lovely to be able to engage with an audience again. I enjoy that. No, it is. And let me look over on Getter. We are streaming on Rumble on the website, on DLive. Uh, on actually put up on Twitter for a laugh. We thought, why not? And of course, over on Getter and Cloud Hub. Let me have a look at Chris Davis, 33. Good evening, Peter. You're first in. George Hollow Dumpling, uh, first. Well, you're you're joined first there with Chris. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, Sean Ahern, evening, Peter. Evening, Gemma. Dreamer, 1066. God bless you, Peter and Gemma. Ryan Bob, UK, uh, smash that repost. Uh, any other comments, drop them in and let us know where you're watching. Always good to know where you are in the world. When I say that, I... I go through so many U.S. states down the side that are mentioned. So please do drop your comments in. Let us know where you're watching. Always good to, um, always good to see that. Now, anyway, let's get on with the news. Without further ado, let's jump into our first story, and we start with Ireland because that's where Gemma is down there in the Republic of Ireland, uh, in the Free State. And it is Ireland's Chief Justice warns of aggressive nationalism spreading across Europe. Uh, and it is Donald O'Donnell said that current threats and challenges have an echo of mid-20th century. Um, and this is in the, the Belfast Telegraph. But tell us about this story, Gemma. Sorry, did you say free state? 
Peter there. Free. I'm choking here at the thought of it. Did I? I don't. Did I? Sorry. Did I? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't been free for quite a while. (laughs) Sorry. I I, I revert back to old terms. Okay. It was only, uh, it was purely nominal. It was never actual freedom. We realize that now. We're still as much under the control of the the crown as Mm. you guys are up in Northern Ireland and over on the mainland. Yes, but this, um, this is the highest paid judge in the world. But I mean, of course, that goes without saying, because this is Ireland. You know, in Ireland, we have the highest paid paid crime minister we have the highest paid stars media stars you have to call them stars but everyone is the highest paid in Ireland we do things by superlative but Donald O'Donnell who is actually a Belfast man Peter I don't know if you knew that Ah, it's very odd because the man who well it's not odd but they weren't able to find anyone from the Republic for some reason to become Chief Justice in the same way they weren't able to find anyone um, from the Republic to become the Chief of Police. And uh, we have a Northern Ireland man in that job as well. So um, it, it's interesting, you know, it, it is quite telling. But yes, uh, this Chief Justice of ours made some very dangerous encroachments there in the last week or so into territories that he has no business entering into. We have a very clear separation of powers in this country and the judiciary is not in any way allowed to step into the political fold. But we know, because we've been before this man in the Supreme Court, myself and John Waters, where we failed to get a judicial review, he knocked that idea on the head. All we were asking for was to, we were applying for permission to have the lockdown legislation con- constitutionally tested. Just Could we just see, is it legal to tell people to stay in their homes? Mm to tell them that they can't go swimming, to tell them that their children can't go to school? Is it legal to tell them that they have to close down their small business, just, you know, not practice their faith, et cetera? um, But no, he said no to that. And that is an outright breach of our constitution. The government had absolutely no legal authority to do anything of what they did. And Donald O'Donnell knows that deep down. But now he's making a swipe at people who are interested in protecting their borders in Europe and in Ireland and in the United Kingdom. He's taking a swipe at people who believe that men cannot have babies. He's taking a swipe at people who hold dear their Christian principles, their Christian heritage. He's taking a swipe at, I suppose, people who don't believe that the earth is about to implode or that I think, what was the Guardian story, which we're going to cover later, that eating more than two burgers a week is um, actually going to, well, it's curtains for our, our planet. So, I imagine these are the people he's taking a swipe at when he says that he is very fearful of, he's worried about the aggressive nationalism that is sweeping 
across Europe. And I mean, this is really like in a functioning democracy, he 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 should be impeached for making these comments. He is absolute. Judges are supposed to be neutral. Justice is supposed to be neutral. But he has expressed his bias against the so-called far right, which I uh, obviously am the epitome of. And so is John Waters. You know, we don't even know what that term means. Yep. It's completely meaningless. It means people who walk in the truth. Mm. That's what it means. And um, he, you know, so he should never have heard our case as chief justice. He shouldn't have had anything to do with it because he clearly has very deeply held leftist views. Of course he does. He wouldn't be in that job otherwise. So it's disgraceful. But, you know, as I said, Peter, like this is a great sign because they're get, they're showing the panic that they feel inside about the well, awakening that well, is happening all around. Um, let me jump the next, because the next story follows on from this. And this is what is happening in Ireland. Bigots, racists and homophobes will get up to five years in jail if convicted under Ireland's new hate laws. A new bill will create for the first time in Ireland specific hate crime offences. And of course, here in the UK, um, you if they say, if you commit a crime and they said, oh, you did it because you had hit, uh, then you get an uplift in your sentence, you get punished further. So we... Uh, Possibly Britain was the first country in the world to make emotions illegal. And I see that Ireland is going down exactly the same path. And I think this is going to be introduced in the doll in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, the only people engaging in, in hatred is is the government and all of their patsies, the NGOs, the health service who's, you know, injecting people with the poison dart, killing people on a mass scale. You know, we engage in love speech. That's the speech that we engage in. And it is about protecting children, first and foremost, from the nefarious ideologies of the globalist puppets that run our country. Um, but as I say, again, I am really having mulled over this overnight. Yes, I will admit that it did come as a bit of a shock to me yesterday when I saw that they're going to rush it through and it's going to be law by Christmas. But having slept on it, I now feel again, this is their worst day that they have finally admitted that th they've lost. They've lost because when you have to criminalize speech mm. and when you refuse to allow debate and argument and people to freely express themselves well then you you've said i i lose you've hand you've thrown in the towel so this is a great day for ireland really that these criminals who are in the doll who would try and take our most fundamental precious rights from us they can't because we were born with them God-given, they can't take these rights from us. So it's going to be absolutely hilarious. And I know that all of my followers and anyone who supports my work will be completely ignoring these ridiculous laws. It is destined to fail, as most totalitarian regimes have. And in the part of the world where we, we love freedom, the West is synonymous with freedom. But freedom that 
it's based on free will. We know that we have moral boundaries and that one day we will face accountability in relation to that. But um, it's not going to work. It's absolutely not going to work, Peter. But, uh, you know, I, I really am thrilled that they've had to resort to this threatening jail for people who have serious issues with the paedophile gay agenda, because that's what it has become. Children being um, you know, taught about the most grotesque things from the age of three and four in schools. It's, it's a paedophile agenda and they're trying to stop us from protecting the children of Ireland. It's not going to happen. Um, it's in the one of the issues we've realized in the UK is that these are all subjective and it is if you're accused, if they say Gemma's a bigot, well, there's nothing you can say because they have decided um, there's uh, no, you can't come back and prove, well, I'm not. How do you prove that? And that's what we find in the UK. And I think in Ireland, it'll be the same that when someone points the finger and declares that you are one of these uh, individuals, then that's it. You're now guilty. And there's no comeback. There's no recourse to that, um, which is which is frightening that people can just declare anything. And it is true. But that's, I guess, society we live in. Well, I mean, yeah, like every our worst nightmare has come is coming true, really. And when you look at, you know, the person who's who runs the courts, I've just outlined, you know, he obviously has issues with people like me um, from a political viewpoint. So, you know, what chance have we got in front of the courts if they go through with this? But, you know, the vaccine is doing its work, Peter, and yeah. it's doing what it was supposed to do. And I think a lot of these people aren't going to be around, you know, especially the, the people who are going to police this. I mean, there's massive um, absenteeism in Angarda Siakana, our corrupt police force at the moment, massive. And um, we're bringing in, I mean, I know the migrant situation is, is appalling in the UK, but it's equally bad here. And the amount of crime in this country at the moment, it's off the scale, migrant crime primarily. And, you know, the police, I don't think they're going to be able to police this. And at the end of the day, the Irish have a fairly low tolerance level, I think, for nonsensical cases and if they do bring a challenge against the likes of me or John Waters or any of us who are on the front line in this um, I, I think it will be a farce and I think it'll bring more shame on them I just don't see it working it hasn't really worked in the UK has it um no, but it, it's about fear. It's about shutting down discussion yeah. and debate and policing viewpoints. Um, so it it has worked partially, um, but there has been pushback. But it's the it's the Orwellian society we live in, um, and you're going to get a taste of it as much as we are. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um, let's well, we, just, you know, we deserve the Irish deserve it, no, but. No, no, no. No, they they deserve it, but increasingly, I think they're going to say no. Enough is enough. I don't. I mean, I say, I pray that that will happen. Yeah, let's let's start a UK story. But let me just. Uh, there are lots of comments down the side with H. W. Logan from Idaho, uh, Tammy from Ohio, Linda with a Y from Ontario and Canada. 
George Hollow Dumpling from Ireland, Cedor from Oregon, um, and it goes Texas. Uh, lots of other anyway drop your comments down drop where you're watching uh, good to know but let me bring in a UK story and this is uh, our the UK's latest government it does change regularly uh, with who's in charge and this is a headline Brits brace for the biggest tax burden since World War II Jeremy Hunt's November budget set to add 25 billion in hikes as new chancellor battles to fill 50 billion black hole in public finances um and i know this is a um a uk story but i think it's we have a conservative government in name only and the tax rise is ramping up and up and we have in effect we have a, a socialist government we haven't had a conservative government for decades um, and I think that's probably the same in many countries in the world that have a so-called concerted government, but are there printing money and spending, spending, spending. And uh, I guess you in Ireland are just the same. I'm sure your taxation and your fiscal policy isn't just much a mess as ours. Oh, it is an absolute disaster. You know, we have one of the biggest national debts in the world and well, I mean, we're ahead of you, though, and congratulations on your new Indian yes. Indian crime minister. We've had one of those already, and, of course, he was gay as well. Uh, it didn't go so well, so things that don't augur so well for yourselves over there. It didn't go so well with the one that we had. And, I mean, who who could imagine that Ireland could have had a, an Indian you know, tea shock, as we we say here. But um, and you know, I nearly was more like in Ireland. It is clown world, so you know anything goes. But I actually, my heart nearly sank more for England, for Great Britain, at the idea of having an Indian Asian uh, prime minister more than it did for Ireland. Because I mean, we just despair. I despair for the United Kingdom. I absolutely despair because secretly as an Irish woman, I would have always felt, you know, a certain amount of admiration for Great Britain. And it's, um, I suppose it's conservative values. Obviously our history is, um, you know, something that is a, a source of a lot of pain, but we have to move on. And, you know, the people of the United Kingdom and the people of Ireland have an awful lot in common. And um, so, you know, we have that shared history and we have a shared culture, I suppose, in many ways. And look, we're all in this together now. But I mean, this new government, if it lasts at all, is obviously determined to increase the contempt of the British people who are funding illegal immigrants. Their yeah. taxes are being pumped into the funding of illegal immigrants. I see now millions are going to be spent on rehabilitating Albania. Was it today that I read? Albania, British taxes are going to go in so that the Albanians stop coming, right? Okay. So, um, you know, you see these poor people who are trying to get to work every day in the busy streets around London and, and other cities and these climate lunatics gluing themselves to the roads. And the latest scene that I saw was of um, some poor commu commuters trying to lift these people off 
the pavement and the police attacking the motorists yeah. who are trying to get to work. Yeah. So, I mean, what can you say? It's If an alien was to land down here from planets that don't exist, I have to say that now to my <laughs> certain audience, but anyway, if they did, and you were to try to explain to them what was going on, like they just, they would leave immediately. Uh, it's it's unbelievable that this could happen in such a so-called civilized society like England. Just yeah. there's no words. There's no words. But the, it's all going to backfire on them. It it will do. And I, yeah, you're, what you mentioned about we're giving millions to the Albanians. Uh, we just have three trillion in debt. But hey, well, let's give a few million here and there. The funniest one about the eco-fanatics was the one where did you see where they glued themselves to the floor of the of the business was at a factory and they just turned off all the lights and the heating and left it for the night and they were stuck and their objection was they weren't given they weren't given bowls to pee and poo in um, because they, they said it, they were left, it, it was inhumane that they weren't given bowls to pee and poo and I thought it's not very humane to poo in a bowl, but anyway, these protesters thought. But they let they were. They said they were cold and hungry all night. Don't glue yourself to the floor. So, yeah, it is. Listen, they're world. mentally ill. Mentally ill yeah. in the payroll of you know the big oil companies, except the globalists. So you yeah. know they're under mind control, and they literally are told, right today, you are going to go here and you're going to do this. You're going to stick. Uh, glued to you know the val most valuable painting in the National Gallery, and they're they're robotic, so they just do what they're told. I had uh, experience like this when I ran for election. Um, there were these lunatics would be dropped off when I would announce that I was going to be canvassing in a certain area. These people would be dropped off. I could see them being dropped off. They would spend the whole day following me around, harassing me, throwing things at me you know, abusing me. I couldn't go and talk to people. I couldn't, I couldn't canvas. Hmm. And then they would be collected when I was finished. So they're all on the payroll of government. I yeah. mean, these people don't glue themselves to Monet paintings for the fun of it or because they care about the environment. They're doing it because they're getting paid to do it yeah. and being ordered to do it. It's so obvious. No. It really is. Let's go and look at the chaos. I actually was reading about this uh, yesterday, and you had put it up on your Getter page. Uh, of course, you can get these. Um, Pro Jam, can you just click on each of those individually? If you click on the images individually and then just we'll scroll through them. First one, Musk takes over Twitter and fires a CEO. You've got that story. Then the next one is Amazon becomes latest tech stock casualty. Shares plunge 20% after dismal earnings reveal giant red flag. And then the third one was, this was my favorite, Mark Zuckerberg's fortune dropped 11 billion today and is down 100 billion since Meta's stock peaked. Um, and you just put the comment, it's interesting how this, all these tech companies are being massively hit. Um, and they obviously, if their share price goes down, keeps going, then that will affect the ability to fund. Things will affect advertising. Um, and I'm just hoping to put some of these companies out of business. Yeah, I mean, it, it's over for big tech in the same way it's over for big pharma. 
And yeah, we're watching the final phase in the chapter of these two horrific monstrosities that have caused so much chaos in Western society. One killing people with their poisonous drugs and the other killing speech and killing ideas and, and dumbing down humans. Um, it's, it is fantastic to see it. You know, Twitter, I'm not really overly optimistic about Twitter because obviously Musk is one of them. There's no question about that. And it's all being staged very carefully. The fact that he has already set up some sort of um, a censorship board or what council or whatever, you know, that's what it is. I had a very large account on Twitter, about 70,000 followers, and I, I was the most retweeted journalist in Ireland. And that was Twitter said that. I didn't say it. It was a survey that they did. And um, now if my name is even mentioned on Twitter, you get a ban. You just get a ban. They've even got analytics. They've got um, algorithms that can detect my voice on Twitter. People have said to me, Gemma, I didn't even put your name. Just your voice is enough to get a ban. It's the same on YouTube. Like I, I hate when I see channels putting my name into their YouTube uh, title for a video or whatever, because I just know oh, they're going to get banned. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what I've said. Like, what have I, <laughs> why am I so <laughs> offensive? I don't know. But anyway, I know I'm right above target. So I don't see my, my account being uh, reinstated. No way. I just don't. I mean, I'll eat my hat if it is. But look, everything rotten eventually collapses and dies. And these companies are not, they cannot survive. They just can't. Now, Amazon actually opened its first warehouse in Ireland this week. And it is an absolute monstrosity on the outskirts of Dublin. It really, really is horrific. Um, so, I mean, that that is not a good sign. But uh, I do think increasingly the more people see the agenda, they see, for example, Amazon now is is actually banning certain books. They're mm. banning books by Russian Russian writers. You probably saw that earlier this week. And uh, once, you know, we have a long history of that in this country of censorship yeah. uh, by certain elements of, of power in this country. And nobody wants that. Mm. You know, yeah. we must be allowed to hear what people have to say from all sides. That's how we develop as a side. That's progressive. Allowing people to speak is progress. That's what it is. It's modern. It's barbaric to silence people because when we silence speech, violence, violence replaces it. And uh, I don't think the far right will engage in violence. It's the far left that are notorious for engaging in violence. So, but I do think this is a good, this is a very, very good sign that these, you know, they're, they're just being crushed. Facebook, Amazon. Um, what was the other one there that we mentioned? Um, well, well, you've got the thing, actually, the, the, the other part. Well, yeah, but the, the other part on, on Twitter, which I thought was weird, um, that 
I think that uh, some of the so Facebook or Meta, as they know, are is down by seventy percent. Um, Amazon is down by about thirty percent, I think. Um, so they're big falls, and they compared Twitter to this and said if Musk had bought Twitter today and those falls had been realised, then instead of forty-five billion, it would be fifteen to twenty billion. And to me, something doesn't compute that he would go and buy something such an inflated value, um, pretend to try and get out of it, knock it out of it. Uh, so all of that doesn't make sense because Musk is a smart man. He's a dangerous man, but he's a smart man. And for him to be forced to buy it for that doesn't really make sense to me. I, look, can you believe any of it? You no. know, I mean, how could Twitter be worth that? It is virtually, I mean, the advertising, it's free. It's completely free, to be honest. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I think they just come up with these figures just to bamboozle us. Yeah, yeah. And, no, you know, no. I did hear that um, the parent of Google Alphabet is also their net income is down by 27%. So these are massive, massive figures yeah. either way in terms of percentages. So, um, but people, the average Joe that uses Facebook, you know, maybe up until now, until the, since the COVID began, maybe they only used it to share pictures of their family or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly they became embroiled in the whole COVID thing and the injections. And I do think that if you are the average Joe on Facebook, you definitely will have picked up that there's something not right about the vaccine there's i mean it's as hard as they try to suppress it so when these people ordinary people using facebook see that they have been denied the truth about the vaccine i think they will turn off in their droves i hope they will i hope they will in the way that you know we should all be turning away from paypal and any of those other um, I mean, we're banned, obviously, on most of the other ones. I'm banned on PayPal, too, which is, is great. But, you know, we, we really have to be quite disciplined about this. And, and um, it, as much as if I got my account back on Twitter, I'd probably want to, you know, I'd probably want to, to have that following again. But, you know, would it be hypocritical of me to go back on there? Maybe it wouldn't if it's going to be a free speech platform. But... Anyway, it's what we do in our real lives that matters rather than the vi the virtual world. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's bring up, this is another story, a strange story, uh, and this seems to be all about control, which, uh, oh, no, sorry. So it's not that one. Sorry, ProJam. Uh, do you want to bring up the other story about Cambridge? Apologies for uh, wrong story. This is about restriction of movement and plans to stop cars traveling between neighborhoods in Canterbury in the UK. Um, and it does seem to be about control. I guess they will talk about environmental issues. They'll talk about anything else. But for you in the same town, not to be able to go from A to B uh, seems to be an intrusion of our ability, our free movement. Um, let me bring it up. Um, oh, my, yeah. yeah. So um, let me bring it up and Gemma, tell us about Peter, this. You? Well, yeah, dude, would you just get just the story? Um, because it's a few days since I put that out. And I, I know when I read it at the time, I was absolutely 
I, I mean, again, you expect Cambridge, a place like Cambridge, the idea that people would put up with this nonsense, that they are planning to basically fine you and, and yeah. deny you access to drive around certain neighborhoods within this part. It's a test run. Of course, it's a test run if they get away with their digital prison great reset plans, then this will be all over Europe. I mean, they're starting something similar in Bologna where they've introduced this pass um, where you, you know, if you're a good little green, you you get all sorts of bonuses. But soon, you know, initially the big climate brother will be voluntary, but before long it will be mandatory. And they will start it as a reward system. They will train the zombies to, um, you know, to just to, to get their little rewards. Um, and then before you know it, it'll be mandatory. But they are making motorists' lives hell yep. at the moment. In the UK, in Ireland, People are being, I think um, in Ireland, the fines are going to be doubled. I saw some fleeting headline about that um, for drivers. They're, everything associated with the car is now being targeted. Um, and, you know, people in both of our, on both of our islands love their cars. They love their cars nearly more than they love anything else. <laughs> you know, their cars... There, there, are, there are the escapes that we need. You know, we live on fairly rural islands and we need to, and we like to travel around our islands and we've got family and friends living in different parts of our islands and we do not want to be dictated to by big daddy government, big the nanny state as to when and where we can go. And people, I, again, I say people aren't going to tolerate it. I don't know. They tolerated wearing masks, yeah. um, but I, I can't believe that they will. I think, you know, these guys, the globalists are in the final phase of they have to get this pushed through now in the next few years. So they're just throwing everything at it because the awakening has been so tremendous in the last year, particular year and a half, two years. So and um, the, the sense that people feel, I think, that they look back now on the COVID and the virus and the, the, the government is still here anyway, of course, in the UK, still talking COVID, COVID, COVID. And people know now that's not how viruses work. You know, yeah. what is this COVID still doing here? They're starting to really believe, I think, that they've been lied to. Full-blown, massive, massive um deception and government does not love them and once they accept that in their brains then who knows what we could achieve imagine the country we could achieve yeah i know well this this it's they because in this story they're talking about well having cameras and of course it's cctv cameras going everywhere right. but then they can take a picture number plate and you're uh you're only allowed to be in a certain area i mean it is it is like a dystopian film that, you know, you're in Camp A, Gemma, I'm in Camp B, you're not allowed to drive into Camp B unless you get special papers to be able to travel. Um, 
and no one wakes. And the weird thing is, this is a conservative council being criticised by a Labour opposition. Now those titles don't mean anything anymore, but it's the I guess tipsy topsy world that those groups or individuals that we thought would be on the side of freedom actually are on the opposite. And I guess it's the same. There's probably no difference in Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil in, in Ireland, which is kind of left and right. Yeah, sorry. I'm just losing you a little bit there, um, Peter. Apologies. Can you see me okay still? Yeah, yeah. All good. All good. I was, um, yes, all good. Okay. Um, I was just mentioning that the, the difference, I guess, we have the, this scheme was proposed by a Conservative Council, and you've got op- op- opposed by a Labour opposition. Um, and it's the madness of um, Conservatives actually restricting freedom and Labour wanting freedom. But I was saying those tags don't really mean anything. You have the same Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, doesn't mean anything different. Yeah, I don't know what's happening there. There is there's an issue now my end. I'm finding it difficult to to hear you, but I I think you're still talking about the the fact that these new regulations and yeah, the monitoring, the monitoring, sorry if I'm not answering your question, but you know, the, the the monitoring that is going on of people with these surveillance cameras absolutely everywhere in Ireland at the moment and in the UK, nobody was ever asked, nobody was ever asked, do they want to be surveilled 24-7? And, you know, but at the end of the day, there's going to be no police to police this. I don't think there will be. Um, You know, the police are so weakened in this country. They're so corrupt. They are so lazy. And the level of policing that is required that, you know, because at the end of the day, right, we're all going to continue, please God, to use cash. Those of us who are awake, we'll have our bartering system in place. We've been preparing for this for years. So it it's really the, the, the boosted zombies that will be walking, you know, headfirst over this digital cliff that will imprison them. Um, and that's their choice if they want to. But... You know, in terms of I, like I, it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling knowing mm. that the cameras are on. But I wonder who's actually looking at the cameras. Yeah. Who's, you know, when I think of our police force, no, they're not doing. They're not capable of that because they're too busy, you know, watching football matches with their feet up and eating McDonald's and watching GAA matches. And so, you know, this is what socialism does. Does. In order to create this police state, they, they're going to need a serious army of um, people who are willing to, to police it. And socialism just creates laziness because it's handouts, handouts. And they will probably use robots, but that will fail. Mm. And the useless idiots mm. that policed the lockdown, um, most of them I don't think are going to be available and they, I don't think they have the stomach either to, to, con- to start all over again. But this time it'll be like, you can't bring your car here today. Sorry, you're out of your zone. Um, they will get a lot more abuse than they did the last time and they, they will deserve it. So it's, it's more, it's just yeah. fear, 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 terrorizing people. It is. Um, there's a... 
I see someone had the comment that uh, just made comments. Uh, Torbert one in ACK. You guys need to get shorter names. Said, is the stream going out live on your website, Gemma? It's not, but do make sure and look yeah. at Gemma's website. But it's not going out this time. Maybe next time we'll tweak that. I don't know if that's possible. But um, can you hear me okay, Gemma? No? Yeah, it is a bit patchy, the gremlins. Oh. Do you uh, do you want to come I, no, out? I think do you want to? Is if it's okay, we'll continue. If not, you can come out and come back on again. Um, no, I th I can you hear me? Okay, I can hear. Yeah, Peter. spot on, spot on. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Grand. Okay, right. I don't know why it's patchy like this, but I haven't used this particular streaming one before. I don't know. That's but anyway, we'll keep going. We will keep going. Absolutely. Let me bring up this next one, which is about your local Asda. And this is Asda offering customers money off shopping if they book flu jab. This is, I guess this is where we're going on a social credit system, Gemma, that if you do good things, you will get rewarded. And if you do bad things, you'll get punished. Um, and we have seen the punishment. And I guess this is the, the carrot, the reward. This is it. Yeah. I mean, I don't we don't have Asda in in Ireland for some reason. They never came over here. Um, but, you know, this would be the sort of tactic yeah, you'd expect from any of these um, multinational uh, discount food stores, you know, the likes of Aldi and Lidl. Uh, so I don't go to them because I want to shop in Irish shops, which are basically hardly existent at this stage. And, and a lot of them can be very, very um, fascist as well. But um, so, yeah, but I mean, the, you know, this is this is the sort of stunt that they've been pulling and, and people who are stupid enough to go along with it. I see that as they also have, I think, you know, buses where they bring you to get your vaccine. And um, it's beyond criminal. I mean, this, the flu jab, the COVID jab, any jab, any drug at all, where there are incentives for people to take it being offered by commercial entities like supermarkets, this is a, a massive breach of every single, you know, pharmaceutical or medical law it just beggars belief that they are allowed to get away with this. I, I, yeah, I, I just cannot, I cannot believe that it has come to this, you know, where people are being offered donuts and offered whatever free takeaways, you name it in the States that happened. Um, but over here we had the specter of journalists pushing vaccines, you know, absolutely no, objectivity whatsoever. And um, I, I often tell a story, Peter, of how when I was seeking a nomination to run for the presidential elections a few years ago, and I, I've been outspoken about vaccines for many years now, many years, over 20 years, because I did in the early part of my career, I did quite a few stories on parents who came to me claiming that the MMR was causing autism. And I met their children and I heard their stories and I believed them when they told me that their child stopped developing after the MMR, stopped talking, walking and um, became, I don't like to use the word 
developed, went into a vegetative state. Mm. So the subject of vaccines is very, very dear to me. And when I ran for the election, the presidential election, I did an interview with one mainstream newspaper called the Sunday Business Post. I'm sure you know it. And because I had been questioning the HPV vaccine, which I believe is a weapon of sterilization of young teenage girls, I was asked, a lot of the interview was dedicated to the this vaccine. And would I, if I was president, endorse it? And again, I was just speechless that mm. I was being asked this. Well, I wasn't speechless during the interview because I said to him, we're both journalists. Our job is to scrutinize dr all drugs, including vaccines, to make them safer for the consumer, for the public. That's our job, to protect the public from big corporations, criminal corporations like Pfizer, who paid a, a fine of 2.3 billion for lying about its drugs and bribing them. So this was, this was uh, he was obviously told, make sure O'Doherty is online with the HPV. Mm. I mean, they knew I wasn't. Like, this is the level of indoctrination. These people are not, we know they're not journalists. Um, you know, they should be out night and day challenging the likes of Asda saying, you can't do this. You can't uh, promote a vaccine, offer to give a vaccine away for free or give discounts for free. This is completely against as I say, um, the most basic laws of ethics, medical ethics. And um, but look, you know, we're in a full blown uh, criminal world and and nobody could have thought it could get this bad, but it has. The crazy thing, Gemma, is that when I accepted what was happening for the first month and then realized it was all a scam, and uh, opposed it. Of course, we're all called anti-vaxxers. I was never an anti-vaxxer. I'm different from you, but I have become one. And that is the stupidity of these institutions that because they have rammed it down people's throat, a lot of people have begun to realize that they no longer trust pharma at all. So those who actually said, well, I've questions about this, but I'm happy with others, I think have now reevaluated that position. So uh, the stupidity of those above us uh, who thought they could, I guess, force it on it. And actually they have turned many, many more people against them than maybe they imagined. Um, so it's very, but... Absolutely. Mm -hmm. No, no, but uh, that, I just want to move. This is what's happening in Ireland. These are uh, three stories. Projan, if you could just scroll it up so you get all three. Cork's two main hospitals put a stop to visitors as COVID case numbers soar. Don't you love that word, soar? Um, and then, yeah, and Wexford General Hospital introduces visitor ban due to high levels of COVID-19. COVID-19 forces Cork's Mercy University Hospital to reintroduce visiting restrictions. Um, and it goes, oh, there are five there. Um, obviously, Something is happening. Something is moving. Uh, and this is now coming out. Even though we were told, no, it's going away, suddenly there's a change. And uh, I've seen regular stories in the British press about 
uh, cases are going up and up. We need to be more wary. So, yeah, this is happening. Restrictions on visitors, which is really quite evil, stopping visitors going and seeing their loved ones who are unwell in hospitals. It's it's barbaric. It's absolutely barbaric. And, you know, as if people didn't do enough, people who are still in love with the HSE and have this, you know, fantasy idea that they care about their health, you know, they bent over backwards, doing their masks, getting their boosters, and now they're being punished again, you know, but I mean, it serves them right. It serves them right that by now they haven't done their research and discovered that the HSE the health service executive, the equivalent of the NHS in the UK, um, you know, is a, a killing machine. And it was a killing machine long before this began because it was all about how many pharma drugs they could pump into yep. people's systems to give them other illnesses that they would then have to come back and get treatment for. It's a money racket but it's also a eugenics program and that's why they're targeting um children with disabilities with uh vulnerable i mean i got a text the other day this is just unbelievable from my gas company talking about did i know vulnerable people and to that they were take they were concerned about vulnerable people i mean they have everyone in on it at this stage you know that the the power companies are in on it. So, but again, it's this is also a test, Peter, to see who is still on board with this. You know, are they going to get there? They're rolling out a few hospitals in Ireland now, banning visitors, implementing the, putting the restrictions down again to see, do they still have the public on board or not? And, you know, as I say, like God help the elderly people that are in there who don't know any better, but who would be much better off at home, getting off all the drugs that they're on, switching off RTE. And, you know, if they're going to die, they would be much better off dying at home. In hospital, they would be put on the Liverpool care pathway of, you know, sedatives, morphine pump, and they will be killed. So, you know, my message to people is get away from the government's health system. It's going to kill you. They don't have your best interests at heart. And these ambulance drivers, these ambulance drivers, and like, you know, I often see them and you look at them and a lot of them are morbidly obese. They can barely get out of the ambulance uh, door. They can barely walk to, to get their patient who's probably... Um, you know, have suffering from sudden adult death yep. vaccine syndrome. Yep. Um, they are up to their necks in it because how they haven't, I've delivered our Irish light paper to a local ambulance branch near me and the contempt when they see me coming with the Irish light, our paper, which invariably will have a headline about the death the contempt, these people are not like the ambulance men of old who were so fit, agile, caring, compassionate, wanted to save your life. That was their objective. They were heroes. Only 10 years ago, the ambulance drivers of Ireland, national heroes. Mm-hmm. Now they're involved in, in a massive genocide. They say nothing about it. They know fine well. So the whole thing is really, really... You know, people just have to accept 
that the government's health service hates you, just like the government. They want you dead. Well, let's look at this story over in the States, Virginia, which is uh, just... Uh, for those who don't know their geography, sorry, the Americans watching, you go for D.C., New York, and just southwest of there, just touching there. But this is a, a frightening story, and the headline is, um, oh, sorry, the headline is about a thousand of their students have been off ill. Uh, the headline, another one, was nearly half of Virginia high school out sick because of mystery outbreak of flu-like symptoms. So 1,000 to school, nearly 2,100 students, and 1,000 of them Friday week ago were off sick with flu-like symptoms. Uh, It makes you wonder, doesn't it, Gemma? I wonder what that could be, because (laughs) we never had anything like that before, did we? What what has changed since then? Now, I wonder, did these poor creatures get a bad batch as well? Because this is particularly severe. So they may have been victims of a bad batch of the vaccine. Look, we don't know. We don't know. But I I saw there that a Kansas school also had to close uh, for a full week there. I think this week just gone, the last week maybe. And about 150 students and multiple staff members sick, too sick to go in. So they're just closing schools around America now. And th- this, I'm sure, is happening. It's going to start happening in in the UK and in Ireland. I suspect it will. Um, but yeah, that I mean, and they had stomach, gastrointestinal mm. issues as well. Uh, that's not normally a symptom of the flu, is it, Peter? I nope. mean, the last time I checked, I don't remember getting a stomach ache when I had a common cold, which I actually can't remember the last time I had one. Nope. But um, thank God. But, you know, it's, yeah, look, these poor children, it's, it's, it's sickening. I mean, I'd love, wouldn't you love to know what's going on? you know, among them all. I think there's about 2,000 in the schools, so that's half of the population. And um, I wonder how many of them are putting two and two together and and getting the right answer, you know? Because when when you read the stories, it's people, the authorities, the journalists shrug their shoulders. And you obviously know this being a journalist, that many journalists are afraid to ask those difficult questions. And this is, of course, another example. Why on earth are a thousand children sick? Well, they could be part of an experiment. That could be why. Could be side effects of that experiment. But of course, that cannot be asked. Um, It it follows on to a story on your website. Uh, Projam, do you want to bring that up on Gemma's, uh, Gemma's website? Uh, this is some of the stuff you'll get on gemmodoherty.com. And uh, this is the story Corporate Performers Dying, Falling Ill and Collapsing on Stage, 53 in Three Months. Uh, this is the story. This is what you'll get on uh, on Gemma's website. Um, and Gemma, it's, I guess these happen all over the place, but I am. Um, encourage that people are pulling together these and showing the picture and you've obviously done that with this 
Now, I did not make that video. I, I get a lot of um, videos of BitChute and I share them on my site. I find BitChute very good for that. But yeah, th this, uh, th there's a great account on BitChute that does these compilations of, um, you know, these sudden deaths that we're seeing, the footballers in particular. Yep. Now, I have done a compilation for, the it's the cover story of the Irish Light next month of our some of our young GAA sports people, athletes who've yep. died, very young faces. Uh, we'll be putting about 20 or so of those faces um, into the psyche of the Irish people to see, does anything happen? You know, do we get any response? Why are all these young people suddenly dead? They were in the, the prime of their health. They were playing games, playing championship mm -hmm. level. And so now they're dead. Do we not need to ask why? So no doubt there will be holy war when that pub picture is published, that compilation is published. And, you know, they'll probably get the families to say it's very disrespectful. No, it's disrespectful when a young person dies and we as a society turn our backs. Yeah. So I have a lot of disrespect for the families that stay silent of mm. these young people. And I was talking to my audience about this yesterday and why it is. And I'd say, especially the ones, Peter, that are very involved in sport, it is because we've got this concept of the pushy parent, which is very much tied in with the materialistic society that we live in. And I think these parents that are staying silent about their 20-somethings death, sudden death yeah. from a heart attack or whatever, did they encourage them to get the vaccine? Is that why they're staying silent? Yeah. They know it was the vaccine. They know their child was as fit as a fiddle, perfectly healthy, never sick until they got the vaccine. Now, we know that the authorities will be at the house as soon as the child is dead, sitting down, and, you know, programming them to say, now, if you were to say anything, you might not get the compensation that you could be entitled to or you could be sued by Pfizer. So be very careful about speaking out about this. Um, so they will get all that, no question, but how they can stay silent about their child's deaths. But again, you would have to wonder, do you know, they want little Johnny and little Jane to stay within the team, not to be kicked off the team. So did they say, well, you should get that vaccine now? You don't want to lose your place on the team. Because yeah. what's happened in our country is that sport is the new religion now and has become it in the last 10 years. And like tomorrow now, tomorrow morning, which used to in this country be about God, and be about being about it was about going to mass and getting the sacraments and um, you know coming together as Christians to pray. Now it's you know they're up at the crack of dawn and being dropped off at the local GAA pitch. That's their religion. Mm. So um, it's no wonder that they go off and take deadly vaccines and that their parents have nothing to say because their parents aren't leading them. They're not rearing them with any truth anymore. Just lies, lies, lies. And that sport is the be all and end all, which it isn't, obviously. So it's disgusting. It's disgusting. But we're going to publish their pictures and let let all hell let loose. I'm well used to it at this stage. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and uh, look forward to the 
Irish light coming out and and having that the light paper is absolutely brilliant and of course you're overseeing the Irish light there in Ireland so wonderful and um, and this is a story you touched on at the beginning and this is the advice once again uh, we are being told what we can and cannot eat what we can and cannot drive where we can and cannot go what we can and cannot say um, and this is cut meat consumption to two burgers a week to save planet study suggests climate crisis report says we are not winning in any sector that's good news as experts call for urgent action on fossil fuels so Gemma two burgers a week and we'll fix the planet easy <laughs> So look, who knew it was so simple? It's fantastic news because I, I don't remember the last time I had a burger. So oh. I definitely have done my bit for the planet. Now, that's not to say that I don't eat meat every single day. I do try to because there's nothing like animal fat and animal protein yep. to get your brain in gear and to give you good health. It's the most superior of all of the proteins. And anyone who says otherwise is lying. But yeah, I saw another story there, uh, Peter, about um, obesity is being caused by climate change. Did you see that one? Especially with women. Oh. That women, yeah, no, that's a new new thing as well. So, you know, there's no incentive, obviously, for them to try and lose a few pounds because the climate is making them fat. So um, what can they do? What can they do? But look, again, this hoax is, <laughs> this one is really, really heading for its sell-by. And, you know, I was just doing a story today for the Irish Light on the electric vehicle, you know, and it was a meme that said, you know, electric batteries do not produce electricity. They only store electricity. This is the most common, blatant common sense. Mm. But when you see it written down, you know, because they've tried to make us all crazy and, and question our sanity. Like you, if you are still holding on to your sanity in this crazy world, like, I mean, we all are being put under our mental health, being put yeah. under so much pressure. It really is. The things that they throw at us every day, two burgers will save the planet. Um, so, um, but it just said, you know, electric batteries only store electricity. They do not produce electricity, mm. which of course they don't. And the electricity comes from a fossil fuel plant or from gas or whatever, you know. Uh, therefore, there is no such thing as a zero emission the electric vehicle. It's plain as the nose on your face. But yet we have to say these things because they've made us believe that there is such a thing as a zero emission um, vehicle. Yeah. I mean, it's it's such bull. Um, I was actually reading another report um, there on one of the very good sites about the con of the whole zero net zero. And, you know, the, this study has found that we need, you know, fossil fuels have actually benefited the environment so much and they create carbon emissions make our planet greener. Of course they do because carbon is the gas of life. Yeah. We cannot, we will not have food or plants yeah. without carbon. But the more carbon that is produced by these fossil fuel plants, it's actually doing our environment good. So 
Of course it is. And look, nobody's in favor of smoky coal or things like that. But, you know, by and large, the planet is well able to deal and needs. We are at, at a very low, car, very low carbon levels as it is. We need more and more and more carbon. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I even have to say that. Well, on I think we've ended on some good news, Gemma, because if you're not eating your burger allocation, others can. So I'd encourage everyone to enjoy a burger over the next week. <laughs> That's perfect. perfect. I'm delighted. Just make sure it's not Irish beef. <laughs> um, but on that... Thank you to our viewers for watching or if you're downloading later and watching on on Bitchit or Odyssey or listening on Podbean or any of the podcasting apps. Thank you so much. Do make sure, if you're not already, then do make sure and follow Gemma at Gemma Doherty on Getter and also go and have a look at our website, gemmodoherty.com and you will enjoy a lot of those stories, see what's happening, make use of it. Um, Gemma, uh, I think I've just finished. Thank you so much once again for coming along. Great to chat to you. It's been a while and thank you for joining us. Peter, thank you very, very much and well done on your recent work in the States. Fantastic. And you work so hard day in, day out on Hearts of Oak and, you know, it's often a th- thankless task but i know you have huge support and you run such a professional channel so well done and thanks again thank you Gemma. thank you you've been in this fight much longer so uh, that does mean a lot thank you for those words um and to our viewers and listeners enjoy the rest of your saturday enjoy the rest of your weekend and we will see you back on monday evening so thank you so much and good night if you like what we do Sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.